Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, presented by the University of Maryland Sports Business Society. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Locker Room Podcast, where we take a look behind the scenes of sports business. My name is Harrison Kime, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. He's currently the Senior Vice President of Program Marketing within the Sports and News Division at Paramount+. Plus. Thanks for being here today, Rob. How's it going? Good, Harrison. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk about all my uh, career journey and lend any advice I can. Yeah, of course. It's great to have you on. So let's get right into it. The first question I have for you is what got you interested in the career in sports and entertainment and what experience did you have prior to making this decision? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I uh, I was at University of Florida um, in the early 90s and, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. You know, obviously, like a lot of college students went to school. Um, I, I knew I wanted to somewhat be like a more like a creative track and I ended up in the College of Journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I got to do a lot of writing, um, got into television production and really thought about like, that's kind of the career I wanted to start was potentially like in production behind the, behind the camera, behind the scenes. Um, so I didn't really start out thinking like, wow, I want to get into sports and work in marketing. It was more of a mm-hmm. kind of a creative track. Um, and then a few years into my career where I was working, uh, I started out working in news and then I worked for um, a couple of television shows in New York city uh, which were entertainment based and then sort of transitioned into a bit of marketing from that. Um, I really loved what I was doing. It was, you know, I was in edit rooms and writing and, and working on creative and video editing and, um, kind of thought like, wow, I, I love doing this. I wonder if I could do this in sports. And I, that's what I, you know, I was about 25 years old, about four or five years into my career. I said, now's a good time to make that switch. And I just tried to figure out um, at the time I was in on-air promotion was the kind of area I was in. And I just looked at what kind of sports jobs had a, a similar you know, job description to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up applying to a, a whole bunch of places in New York City. Uh, and then about six months later, I got a call from um, ABC Sports because I had applied there and they had an yeah. opening. So, so I kind of made that transition then. So long way of saying that, um, you know, I was interested in more of a creative track and 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 then ended up in production, in entertainment, and then transitioned into sports. But, um, you know, here I am 25 plus years later. So I, gu- I guess it worked out all right. Definitely worked out. Yeah, that kind of goes right into my next question. How did you leverage your experiences and skills to find different jobs within the sports and entertainment industries, both during and after college, once you kind of decided that you wanted to make this transition over to the sports world? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I tell a lot of students that um, think about what you're good at. You know, a lot of a lot of students say, hey, I want to work in sports. I want to work in sports marketing. Those are very big, broad statements. You know, there's obviously hundreds Definitely. of jobs within both of those categories, sports or marketing. Um, like I just mentioned, so my sort of niche and what I thought I was strong, good at was television production and, you know, editing and writing. And so that's the that's the path I took. And I got a few years experience doing that as I, as I just mentioned in entertainment. And then I transitioned into sports because I took a lot of the same skills, whether it was going through footage and finding the right clips we wanted to use in marketing, looking through photography and trying to figure out the right, you know, photos we want to use in, in print ads and, 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 and such. 
and then writing scripts. I mean, it was like, okay, I'm doing that for entertainment. I now want to do that for sports. And so obviously being a sports fan, the, the sort of passion you have in, in some of that stuff makes it actually easier. But yeah. I came in with a, with a, you know, a background that, you know, people could trust and say, okay, he's been doing this in, in entertainment. Um, now, you know, we're going to transition into sports. Um, and then, and then the second piece was just, you know, leveraging just like relationships and, figuring out, um, you know, sort of how to, how to network. So people I had at one job, you know, have helped me lead to other jobs that I've had throughout my career. Um, I've also been able to um, have jobs where I'm working with different partners. Um, so as you mm -hmm. kind of go through my career, um, good example, when I was at ABC Sports, which I mentioned earlier, Monday Night Football. So the marketing at the time, ABC had all the Monday Night Football games. And I was working with the NFL very closely on how we promoted Monday Night Football and the start of the season. Um, and the NFL actually had a job opening and they encouraged, they encouraged me to apply for it because it was, a, it was a skill that they were trying to bring over someone who came from like a network marketing background. So throughout my career, I've been able to sort of use those relationships to, um, you know, sometimes get encouraged or find out about different roles that I've been able to apply for. Yeah, that's great. And then, yeah, everyone says that it's all about the networking and the connections and kind of finding what exactly it is that you're passionate about within within your industry. So definitely connect with that. Yeah. And yeah, once again, that goes right into my next question. You worked as the the VP of advertising and media for the NFL for many years. You took on responsibilities like producing over 12 Super Bowl commercials. You marketed the NFL's new website and fantasy platform, and you also managed branding projects. Just what was this position like, and how did you see the NFL develop as a league during your time there? Yeah, great question. Um, so first, I would say, I mean, I was at the NFL for a little over eight years, and, and you know, to this day, the experience there was incredible. I mean, I don't think there's many jobs you can have um, where you walk in every day and you see the corporate logo behind the reception desk and you get a feeling like you do when you see the NFL shield. I mean, mm -hmm. unbelievable. And and some of the projects we worked on knowing that you're touching hundreds of millions of people by just the sure fandom and the ways you're able to reach um, consumers. It's, it's really exciting. Um, so, I mean, it's funny you ask about how the league developed. When I first started there, um, and I don't remember the exact year, but it was probably early 2000s, um, I had friends who said, so what do you do in the offseason, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you probably can't relate as much to what the NFL was like even that 20 years ago, but yeah. things like the combine and the draft were very small events in terms of what they are today. Um, mm -hmm. And it really was not a 365 day a year league like it is today. I mean, now it's funny, even this morning, having um, a coffee with some friends, we were talking about the NFL in the middle of February, like it just mm -hmm. wasn't as, um, you know, sort of put together as a, as a corporate platform that people could activate all year. So over the time I was there, there were, there were some big changes. Um, in my role, I worked on advertising uh, and working with different groups internally to, to create campaigns that promoted the league itself. So some of the brand efforts and then also the businesses. So when I was there, you know, they had launched NFL Shop, which you're probably very familiar with. But we did all the yeah. commercial brand and the games to get people for the first time to buy jerseys and such directly from the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. When I was at the NFL, they they took back all the media rights and launched NFL.com and NFL fantasy. And we did the NFL playoff challenge, like all those yeah, properties that you are familiar with, like 
started when I was there um, and we worked on the marketing. Um, the NFL Network had just launched. So that was brand new also, like a 24 wow. seven channel. Mm -hmm. uh, so those were like the businesses I worked on. Then there were like the brand pieces and and we they call it the calendar. Like we helped build out the calendar. So I mentioned like combine and the draft and training camp and free agency, all these off season events. And then the NFL kickoff became a kind of a big um, anchor at the beginning of the season when I was there. You know, the playoffs and and Super Bowl were, up, were obviously well, uh, you know, established <laughs> when I was there. Um, and Pro Bowl was still another thing that, you know, we always figured out, you know, we tried to figure out how to how to make a big deal. So when when you kind of put them all together, the idea was like, how do you create a calendar that all year long you're you're integrating with fans at different events? Um, so over my time there, like, as you can imagine, in the last 20 years, like it's become a, you know, 365 day a year league. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the NFL's done a really great job with that, just keeping fans engaged throughout the offseason. And it has really turned into, I'd say, more of a 365-day league than a lot of the major sports have in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing to me, like, free agency. It's like, you know, I'm I'm up here in, in uh, New Jersey and, like, the Jets fans talking about David Carr and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, like, all these different ideas of, like, you know, uh, you know, and then when you turn on NFL Network, they're talking about it, or WFAN this morning, they were talking about it. I mean, here we are again, middle of February, and you have all these other sports that are, have live games to talk yeah. through. But they're talking about kind of, like, you know, just <clears throat> potential what's going to happen in the NFL. It's really amazing. Yep, always. And they just changed the Pro Bowl format, too, which I think the fans are, and the players yeah. are enjoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so so moving on, what was your experience like as the head of sponsorships and event activation for Verizon? You worked with <clears throat> a bunch of different NBA and NFL teams directly, as well as events like the Super Bowl and the NBA All-Star Game and a bunch of other major accounts. Yeah, my role at Verizon was the first time <clears throat> it was um it was marketing, but I was on the sponsorship side, so I led up the sponsorship team. So if you're not, if you're not familiar with how sponsorship works, um, all the leagues, the teams, even University of Maryland, like all the athletic departments have sponsors that pay them to use those, uh, you know, the team marks and activate in the in the communities. Um, so Verizon, um, being a big wireless company, you know, had at the time they were the official sponsor of the NBA. So we had the um, slam dunk contest and that was all Verizon branded. We They still are the official um wireless carrier of the NFL. So there was a mm -hmm. lot of stuff we did around the NFL season. Um, we also managed about 25 different team relationships through the NBA and the NFL and different arenas. Um, and, and Verizon's technology was a big part of that. So when there were new stadiums built, like the one in LA, SoFi Stadium, uh -huh. we would work with them to become not just a sponsor, but also bring all the 5G technology into the, into the building. So yeah, it was a pretty big role um, because we not only were dealing with my team was working on like signing those sponsorships and managing all the assets. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you're, you know, we actually talked to the University of Maryland at the time, but we, we just didn't have a college strategy. That was a little more um, AT&T kind of plays more in the college space. Uh -huh. But, you know, like when University of Maryland would reach out, it was, you know, it was like, hey, we, we you could be the official wireless partner. You actually could do. Um, some things on campus with different buildings and, and, you know, and get students discounted and uh, to get signed up for wireless plans. And then obviously around football and basketball, they give you a lot of signage in the arena and mm -hmm. different things on the jumbotron. And then, yeah. and then all the social media handles, you get different assets that you can promote. And so 
we had one half of our team who was managing all the assets and making sure like everything we paid for, we were getting. And then we had another half of our team, which was called activation, which was more creative driven. So if you can imagine as part of the deal, we're getting a 30 second spot on the Jumbotron. Well, somebody has to make that creative and then get it over to the university to run. So, yeah, that makes you know, sense. because it was sports, we tried to do things that were a little more tied into sports and, and, had a little more flavor and a little more kind of like wink, wink of like, you know, getting into the mind of the local sports fan. So, um, you know, it was a great role. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun in terms of like, we had a, a bunch of different uh, great partnerships. Um, you know, at the Super Bowl, we would have probably like 50 people on the ground managing different activations. So, you know, places where Verizon customers could go and charge their phones and maybe get, you know, a great seat at a concert so there was there was there was quite a lot of um those types of things which were really exciting yeah that's really cool so moving on to our next question what was your experience what was your experience like with the zone as an upcoming sports streaming service and how has global sports media grown over the years with so much rising competition just within the industry in the united states yeah, I mean, if you're not familiar for those listening for DAZN, I, I encourage you to go back and read their story. I mean, DAZN is a global streaming platform that um, about 10 years ago got a head start on the industry in being a pure um, play sports streamer. And so they started in uh, Japan, where currently they're basically like the ESPN of Japan. So if you're a sports fan and you live in Japan, you have a subscription to the zone. They play, they have all your, like your big sports. Mm -hmm. um, so the zone is, is a global sports streamer there. You know, we also were big in, uh, they're big in Germany, Italy, Spain. Um, they're now in the UK and they are also here in the U S and Canada um, in the U S largely built around boxing, uh, which was a sport that HBO had left. So they, they stepped in and took some of the rights there. Mm -hmm. Um so I was really excited when I joined the zone because um, I, I do like the subscription service business and, and streaming. So eventually we'll talk about my current role at Paramount plus, which is very similar, yep. but, but what's great about um, subscription services, and it's very similar to what I did at direct TV is um, you know, you're using marketing to try and get people to subscribe to a service that provides access to live sports and so whether it was the Sunday ticket product with DirecTV through satellite or with the zone here in the U.S. boxing or in Canada, we had the NFL package. We had Champions League and Premier League um, as exclusive ways. So if you're a fan of those sports in Canada, you had to sign up to the zone um, uh -huh. to to watch. Um, so I think it's it you know, for me, it was really exciting to get back into like more of a subscription business and and again, use the ways to use marketing to get people to subscribe. What I also like about the subscription business, um, although it's puts a little more pressure on a marketing person like myself, but you have targets to hit. So we know going in how many people we need to subscribe per year, per sport, per season. Um, you know, working with our finance teams and analytics um, to really make, a, you know, make things profitable or, or hit yeah. targets. That you have. So it puts a little more pressure on the marketing team, but it also gives you a good sense of like how you're doing. There's a very finite, like we're either hitting these targets or we're not. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think about the role I had at Verizon, where you're spending money on sponsorships, sometimes it's hard to measure what those do for a big company like Verizon. You know, yeah, Verizon had is. no sponsorships. Would less people have mobile phones? 
mm-hmm. uh, with them. Uh, maybe, you know, like, so they were, it, it's more, those, those roles are more about like me- measuring like brand health and what people think of the brand and, you know, sponsorships a way for people to get closer to Verizon and feel better about it. So for me, I, I, I like the certainty of like, all right, you need to sign up this many people for this year and did you do it or not? So that's what, that, that was kind of like one of the things I really liked about the zone. I think to you answer, I think the second part of your question was like thinking about like the global nature of streaming. So DAZN, you know, had this great big head start and they've been doing it probably longer than anyone. And even if you think about some of the big ones like Amazon or Netflix, um, Amazon has just dipped into sports streaming with, you know, Thursday Night Football and some others, yeah. but they're not really a big player globally. Netflix hasn't really done anything uh, live sports yeah. So the zone had a head start, but now these other companies are, you know, they're, they're sort of like thinking about how they can get into it. So there's a little more competition for the zone. Um, but still like they think, you know, like I said, there's pockets of the world where they're, they're one of the leaders and they'll, they'll continue to be. Yeah. It's really cool. It just sounds like a pretty cool experience being a part of one of the first growing sports streaming services. Yeah. And when you go from, you know, a company like Verizon, which had um, 150,000 employees in the U.S. to the zone, which is a few thousand, you know, you might hear a term like startup. It, it was like a startup mentality. Um, so what does that mean? So when you go from a big company like Verizon and there's, you know, there's set kind of groups and hierarchy and big budgets, right? So it's like, OK, we were in the marketing org, which has a chief marketing officer, which then has senior vice presidents that run different business lines, then vice presidents, then directors, and then teams. When you go to like companies like DAZN or things, you know, if you hear like more of a startup mentality, um, you know, those big um, internal teams don't exist. And a lot of the ways of working don't exist. So it's it's kind of building on the fly. So it it takes a little more discipline, but it's also exciting because you can, you know, at any level, you can be doing a lot of different things. Uh, it might mean at the level I was at, senior vice president, you're doing things that are well below what you should, but you're, you know, it's a little more roll up your sleeves mentality and you're excited, mm-hmm. but it also means you could be doing things directly with the CEO um, because they want to pull in the right people for a project. So it's, it's, it's kind of exciting in that regard. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, we're going to move on to your current role. You currently work as the senior vice president of program marketing within the sports and news division at Paramount Plus. What exactly does your role consist of and what is it like working for a massive growing entertainment company with such a large platform? Yeah, so my role is very similar to what I had at the zone. Um, so, you know, we're using the sports that Paramount Plus has here in the U.S. and trying to attract subscribers based on, you know, in my role, it's sports and news. Um, I have counterparts who work on all the original programming. So if you're familiar with Paramount Plus, you might have heard of shows like 1883 or 1923, the Yellowstone spinoffs or Tulsa King, which Sylvester Stallone and, you know, tons of Star Trek and, and other great content. So in program marketing, we basically are using big uh, launches. So whether it's an original or the start of the NFL season, because we carry all the sports that um, are on your local CBS station. So NFL, we have March Madness coming up. We have a yeah, lot of PGA huge. golf and the Masters. Um, we we also have a ton of European soccer. So we're the official home of the Champions League in the, U- in the U.S., which includes yeah. um, Europa League, which Man U and Barcelona are in this year. So it's been yeah. exciting. We have um, NWSL uh, women's soccer content. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty robust slate of sports all year long. And so our job, my job and my team, what we're doing is basically creating advertising and marketing to make you first off aware that we have these things. So it's like, oh, I didn't realize that on Paramount Plus, in addition to all this other great entertainment content, I could watch NFL games every week. So like we have to make you aware. So that's like all marketing and advertising and working with social media platforms, um, you know, just to push out the message and then ultimately get you to subscribe. And so we know, again, back to my last point about certainty, like we know each week of the NFL season, we could see how many people are subscribing and then watching NFL. We can see, uh, we just went through the round of 16, the first leg of the Champions League. So we know how many Mm -hmm. people came on each time to subscribe. And then we also can see how many people are consuming. And so you know, it's a, it's a really exciting time uh, in streaming, um, just trying to get more people to subscribe, you know, based on the content we have. On the news side, it's it's because of what we have isn't as exclusive and news is out there. There's a lot of lot of ways to consume news um, digitally for free. But yeah. we, we have, um, you know, we do a lot um, less acquisition. So we don't we don't spend as much time trying to get you to subscribe for the news. But when you're a customer, we do a lot of marketing to you like um current customer marketing to make you aware of the news we have and then as you can imagine um news becomes one of the top like five or ten most viewed things every month depending on what's happening so you can watch yeah a 24 7 live stream there's a lot of live local news we have you know big programs like 60 minutes and 48 hours and cbs sunday morning so there's there's quite a lot on there and it's also live or on demand so as you can imagine with a streamer less people are worried about like, I have to watch 60 minutes Sunday night at, you know, nine o'clock, they can come on yeah. and just watch it on Tuesday or whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So definitely a lot, of, a lot of, we, that's what we call engagement. We want to get you to engage with the properties mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. That makes sense. And then Paramount recently had a huge announcement actually, as they were announced to be one of the streaming platforms for a Super Bowl 58 coming up next year in Vegas. What was that whole process like after breaking records for streaming on CBS during this past NFL season? Yeah, we're really excited. We are the streaming home of Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. Um, those rights are rights that we have with our CBS contracts. So in the in the in the newest deal, which starts this year, that the NFL signed with their broadcast partners, um, which are 10 years long. Um, CBS has three different Super Bowls. So Paramount mm-hmm. has those Super Bowls. So this is the yeah. first year, Super Bowl 58. Um, really exciting because it's in Vegas for the first time. And um, I think the anticipation of just being there is going to draw some additional eyeballs. Um, I think you just saw that the last Super Bowl had 150 million people watching, you know, streaming records in the six to 8 million people who are streaming on Fox. So, you know, we have a lot of work to do to, to kind of, get people up and running and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about us having the super bowl um for almost a whole year there's actually campaigns out there now but when you see a lot of the advertising this summer talking about um signing up for you know sports in the fall you can you can bet that you know home of the super bowl will be a part of that definitely yeah it's a huge huge thing for a streaming platform to have especially with kind of the rise of yeah the thursday night football as you mentioned before on amazon and just all these different streaming services taking on big games. Yeah. I mean, the challenge we have, you know, you have um, just to give you a glimpse inside of a streamer and a, using a big event like that is um, that's the end of the super, that's the end of the season. Right. So we yeah. know that we'll attract a lot of um, casual fans to watch the super bowl, 
But back to my last point about engagement, the key for us is how do we keep you, right? Yeah, so there's no more NFL games. There's some other NFL content we'll have that is non-live, right? So we have inside the NFL and some other things that'll talk about the Super Bowl in a few weeks after. Mm-hmm. But ideally, we want to get you to sample some of our big entertainment shows. And so yeah. we know that the most uh, engaged customers stay with us longer. And so the key will be, you know, my team will be bringing you on to to sign up for Super Bowl. And then we work cross-functionally to say, all right, Harrison just joined. Let's make sure his first email talks about the big properties we have outside of NFL. Um, let's make sure we, dr- you know, we have something launching the week after. So it's like, okay, I'm coming on Sunday, maybe Monday, there's a big show or Sunday night. So, you know, yeah. we get you streaming something else pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, getting the customers for the Super Bowl is obviously really important, but as you just said, retaining them is kind of where you get all the business after it's done. Yep. Yeah. So moving on to the bigger picture, just in terms of streaming services, what do you think the future of streaming consists of and how does Paramount Plus leverage the experience that consumers receive when they stream sports and entertainment? Well, I mean, I think the future of streaming uh, hopefully is very bright. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're still in a, we're still in like a middle state now where, you know, we, we, we are still, making sure that uh, we don't lose sight on a, on a TV viewer, a linear TV viewer. So if you think of Paramount yeah. company, you know, we have all of the, the, the cable networks that were Viacom. So MTV and VH1 and comedy central and BET. Um, we have all the CBS networks and CBS sports network. And there's Paramount pictures, which, you know, had a great year with things like um, uh, Top Gun Maverick. And so, you know, I think right now, you know, again, you're still you're still building and programming for like people who go to theaters, people who watch TV and people who stream. And so there's like yeah. this blend. I mean, over time, there'll be more and more that are just streaming only, um, mm-hmm. which we think will will work in the long term. Um, so I think, you know, I, and I think for live sports, you know, there's there's you know, there's there's not much that beats the NFL. Right. And so yeah. that's really exciting that we have this 10 year partnership with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and I think, I think, um, you know, just in the next few years, it's just going to be that, again, that delicate balance of like making sure you're not really forgetting that TV still has a, has a big presence and that streaming is, you know, is, is, is still emerging, you know, it's still kind of up and coming. Yep. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And then what has your favorite memory been either anywhere that you've worked in the past or specifically with Paramount Plus? It's a great question. I mean, there's, you know, I think there's so many fulfilling moments in my career when I think about just like great days I've had working. And I tell people all the time that, you know, when you work in sports, if you're a sports fan, and I imagine a lot of people listening are, are, um, it's great. And obviously, if you can work in an industry and it's something you're passionate about, um, that's amazing. Right. And so I'm so lucky to have, to have had this career doing that. And what I tell people is look on a normal day, um, I go to, you know, in any of the jobs I've had, I go to work, I have meetings. Sometimes you have good meetings. Sometimes they're, you know, they're not so good. Sometimes you have projects that have a lot of issues and you have to work through things and it's, it's a job, right? It's just like any other job where you roll up your sleeves and you, and you figure things out and, and you make things work. But on your best day working in sports, you get to experience things that 
most people don't. So I've been fortunate enough to have been at 18 of the last 19 Super Bowls other than the COVID year for work, yeah, right? That's great. I, when I was at the NFL, I had it. I was able to one year run out on the field when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won the Super Bowl, and I was in charge of giving out the championship towel. So you, you know they Very all cool. put a hat and a shirt, and and I got to put yeah. it on his shoulder, and that was my you know in the mob scene. Um, I've I've been able to go on community visits um, with with players, and I you know specific, specifically remember walking into a school uh, for take a player to school day program the NFL had with Donovan McNabb. And I was in a limo that we went, I went as the NFL rep to pick him up at his house. And then I walked kind of behind him as he was walking through the school and to see little kids eyes, you know, light up when Donovan McNabb comes to their school and the whole school is in, you know, Eagles jerseys um, was, it was really exciting. Um, you know, I've been able to do promos with um, two presidents, um, you know, as part of the NFL um, you know, just even more recently, um, for Paramount Plus, we did a big activation where we had our Champions League um, studio show, which normally is in London, come to Brooklyn, and we had a big activation around it and fans, and really you know, cool. it's a beautiful day out. So, like, you know, when you think when I think of the highs and the really cool stuff, um, there even now these days, I sit there and I go, I mean, this someone's paying me to do this. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I tell people like, you know, you may. You may have friends who start and make more money in different roles, but I guarantee you, if you stick it out and you have these experiences, um, it's kind of like the MasterCard, like it, it's priceless, you know, like you're getting, you're getting fulfillment in these, in these other ways, um, you know, in some of these big moments that are, that are really exciting. Yeah. That's I mean, think about this. I mean, you mentioned earlier when I worked at the NFL, I was in charge of uh, what the league's Super Bowl commercial was. And so um, I kind of, you know, talk about like, executive producing so like i would work on with different business units and and kind of we would whittle down like what do, what do we want the league spots to say and then you work on commercials that you know 100 million people get to see and talk about and and thankfully yeah. some of them were very well liked and so like how cool is that right you you're watching the super bowl and you're like i worked on that uh most yeah. people see a commercial goes by in 30 seconds and they go, yeah, that was good. That was bad. And you don't realize people worked on that for six months. Yep, um, it's, you know, it's really fun and fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal to kind of have that career where you just go to work every day, enjoy it, especially within sports. I know a lot of people that work in sports obviously have that passion towards those different careers and the different sports that they're working in and kind of, they really care yeah. about the work they're doing, which I think makes it really, really great thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So that pretty much concludes the podcast for today. That's that's all we got. Rob, yeah, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed hearing about all of your experiences and how you got to where you are today. Um, to all the listeners, follow us on Instagram at SBS underscore UMD to stay up to date on the latest locker room podcasts and news. Yeah, thanks again, Rob. No problem. I, I wish the Terps well. And it uh, looks like they're going to be tourney bound. And my my yeah. wife's a Terp, so uh, we still we root for them in this house as well. So good yep, luck hopefully to we guys. can make a run. Yeah. Yep. Thanks again. Thank you.